0: Welcome to the Secure Podcast. This is Charles Latimer, your host, presented by FinFit. I am super excited to be hosting Jeffrey Hall today. He is the CEO and founder of Savify. They uh, have incredible technology in the 529 and student loan space. It's a really timely conversation. I've been looking forward to this all week. Jeffrey, welcome.
1: Yeah, definitely excited about it as well. Thanks for
0: having me. Absolutely. Well, boy, this is an exciting time, but before we get into all of that, I just like to, I, I, I'm a sucker for a good entrepreneur story. So I, I know that you, uh, your background, you went to Vanderbilt, uh, but then from there, I'm just really interested to hear your story as an entrepreneur and how you landed at founding Savvify.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, um... know kind of full circle now that i'm here i realize i'm I'm very much i don't know if i was originally the person that i wanted to help but i'm very much the person that i want to help now Uh, going through vanderbilt going through the MBA program i treated it like a sandbox which is not what you should do when you're borrowing lots of money to go to school so i stopped recruiting very early on you know i got plugged in with a venture capital shop here in nashville and just really started hanging around the entrepreneur scene and, and things like that and just decided you know, I'm not going to go work for a consulting firm or a private wealth firm. I'm going to take on all this debt and just see what happens here. And so, just really started dabbling around what inspired me, what really got me, you know, kind of jazzed up is reading through a lot of the research of behavioral science and behavioral economics, right? Which, when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's common sense. That's common sense, you know. And then I look out at all the tools that are there to help us. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that's not the way people do make this decision, you know. And so that's when i really got excited and said there's something to do somewhere in this broad ecosystem of personal finances that i think i could really make an impact here and so i just started looking at you know when do people get really um intentional about their finances really focused on it and several life events right but one of them um is when they have two kids which i didn't at the time but now i have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and I get it, right? Things change very quickly overnight, lifestyle-wise, but also it's very much about you know looking to the future. How are we going to plan for you know our education that we've already borrowed, right? Our kids' education, all of those things. So that was one of them where I was like, people really care about this moment in time and think differently. And then I also found that nobody knows what a 529 plan is. Even the people that were in one couldn't tell me what state they were in. Um, and, and so I, I noticed that piece. And then the really thing that excited me was, you know, it's a social financial goal. It's one of the only ones where if I ask you, Charles, will you chip into my 401k? You're going to look at me pretty weird, probably. Um, uh, but if I say, Hey, my, it's my daughter's birthday, would you throw in for a college fund? You're all about that. Right. And, and you don't even have to go shopping now for a toy. That's, you know, so it's, it's a social financial goal. Friends and family want to get involved organizations want to get involved. There's not really anybody that's against a child getting educated without all the student debt. And so when I saw all of those things of like, there's a, there's a, um, a strong emotional desire here. There's a strong kind of social network that wants to join. And there's a the fact that nobody knows what a 529 plan is. So I was like, if like, we can't figure out how to make an impact here. You know, shame on us. Right. And,
0: and, and with looming one point, almost $5 trillion worth of debt, and and it takes, I think, the the entrepreneurs and the creative thinkers like you to kind of get get down the grassroots and make that change because it's not sustainable. I think everybody recognizes it's not sustainable. Would you mind taking a half a step back? And because I know that folks coming out of the pandemic, you know, we did a big pause on student loan repayment, but now you know we're a few years later; those repayments are coming in. And there's been just so much talk about student loans over the last six months with the Supreme Court, new plans coming out, new things. And and could you kind of help the audience sort of unpack what's going on right now? And what what should everybody know about just the overall student loan market right now?
1: Yeah. Well, it's an easy one. You know, the world ends on October 1st. That's the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I think my story is very much, as I mentioned, that full circle, I now have a solution that's that's maybe designed for me that wasn't originally. Um, you know, I was in school whenever I started putting SavvyFi together and I didn't have kids. Along the way, I had kids. I got out of school. My wife and I have five degrees and we're not using very many of them. We have a lot of student debt that goes with it. And so, you know, we're in this situation where, you um, uh March, 2020, April, 2020, we didn't have to pay our student loans anymore, right? And at the time we had one kid and then we have three years of no loans. We have us adjusting our lifestyle to that because now we have a little bit more money, right? We have um, three years of inflation or, or, you know, two, maybe two or, um, really big years, right? And then we have, we actually had a child during that time. So now we have two, so we got another daycare bill. Um, the grocery bill gets larger as it is, even without inflation, with inflation adds on. And so what we have is, I, you know, a whole uh, group of people that are like me that you know, have children, have debt, maybe don't have children, but they got a lot of debt. They've recalibrated their life. There's inflation. And now on Octo- October 1st, you know, several hundred dollars worth of monthly payments are going to hit everybody's family budget. And this is money that nobody has anymore. And so that's a really big shift where it goes from, you know, zero to three or 400, right? And so that happens on October 1st, backing up a little bit, September 1st is when your student loans start accruing interest. And so that's that's really the big date. And that's the big kind of thing that I think a lot of people, they know it's coming, but like the, the you know good humans that we are. Um, we will start planning. We will start planning to divert our ship from the iceberg after we hit it, and it becomes a priority, right? And that's kind of the environment that we're all going into right now. And we're less than sixty days from from you know that pain starting to hit a lot of families.
0: Well, and candidly, I mean, it, it, the, the timing really couldn't be worse. You know, candidly, because as you said, I mean, you got the compression of inflation, getting kids back into school right before the holidays. I mean, it is it is really kind of this wedged in perfect storm. What I, I, I've seen very recently over the last two to three days, some rumblings of new programs that are coming out to kind of help smooth the bump. Uh, can, can you kind of talk us what through maybe some of those options might be? And, and, and then, we'll, then we'll do a big reverse and talk about how, how to get ahead of get ahead of this curve altogether but well, let's kind of you know, talk a little bit about the contemporary challenges.
1: Yeah you know we, we um, there's there's programs out there and like any good program that comes from our government it comes with a lot of complexity and a lot of variations and a lot of footnotes and all of those great things but a couple of them that I think you're alluding to is there is um, there's an, well first of all there's a, another fight for forgiveness. we saw how the last one went i wouldn't really expect anything all that different from this next one it's like don't hold your breath don't rely on it so that's happening expect you know a year plus of of that um hitting the news right before anything really happens there you also have an on-ramp period that's coming and this on-ramp period gives you a little bit of flexibility as you're you're going from zero student loan payment to several hundred or the the penalties for missing a payment, you know, it's not affecting your credit. Um, you do still accumulate interest, but you kind of get a little bit of grace there as as you're struggling to kind of recalibrate your life to that. So there is a, a one year on ramp period, and there is also um, some new income driven repayment programs that are out there. Now these are far too complicated for me to understand at this point. I know there's like. I think 38 of them, I'm exaggerating, right? But there's enough that you can't count them. They have a lot of different names. All I know is my wife and I just went through this process, give us the lowest payment. I don't I don't know what else to, you know, tell me whichever program that is. But there are some programs, uh, um, the Save one that just came out, which um, is makes it a little bit more likely that a family can qualify for a $0 payment. And with these income driven repayments, you know, you lower your monthly payment It gives you a little bit more cushion in your daily budget. Right. But it's not necessary. You you pay for that. You extend your term. You're going to pay a lot more interest. Uh, But there's also if it's a federal loan, which if you're doing these income driven repayment um, applications, it's a federal loan. And and some of these have different terms where let's say you qualified for a zero dollar payment. You can make that you can make. 25 years, 20 or 25 years of $0 payments and you can get your loans forgiven in some of the payment plans. So it's just super complicated. And, and, you know, our family, like most people go in here and say, we obviously can't afford two kids and five degrees worth of student loans. We for sure irresponsibly borrowed, but, you know, let's get our payment as low as possible and live to find another day. Yeah, I mean,
0: to, to your point about being complicated, I think it's something like, you know, 5% of 225% over the poverty line of income. And and, and, I mean, to your point, I mean, it it is complicated. And I I think it, you know, you know, seeking some advice and help to, you know, navigate this time, I think it's good. You know, a lot of Americans are going to, you know, need to be traversing, I think pretty complicated time now. So let's kind of actually reverse time a little bit. And you know, and talk about your little guys and gals, uh, and and so, how do you get started? How do you get in front of all of this? And because I, I know that that's really, I guess, the cornerstone of your inspiration for Savvy Five, which is to solve the problem before it becomes one. And and so, what well, what are some options there? And, and let's just start at the basics. You know, what is a five twenty nine? And
1: yeah. why should I care? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you you mentioned inspiration to start. We really started out as a five twenty nine. And when we were looking at all the forgiveness and things like that, you know, my thought was, it's it's great that we're going to take a big bucket of water out of the boat and throw it overboard, right? But if your boat has a hole in it, you know, this isn't a solution here. And so we really we started out as five twenty nine, but we quickly realized like this is. You know a full life cycle of education financing problem that you need to pull every single lever. So there's definitely the 529 side when you start saving. There's also borrowing wisely, choosing your program wisely, and then repaying that debt. And then, you know, um, um, and hopefully repaying it as as and saving and bringing in additional sources of savings because, you know, it's tougher to pull this stuff out of your own pocket, tougher and tougher. But to your question, 529 plans, They've quietly become really versatile ways to help families prevent, right? Prevent that to plug that hole in the boat, um, to stop adding a lot of student debt. You know, um, so they are, are ways for you to take after tax money. So you're grabbing it from your checking account, you're throwing it in a 529 account, like a, kind of like a 401k, right? They're invested in a basket of funds, and these funds hopefully they grow over time, and then when you withdraw them for qualified uses. You don't have to pay investment earnings tax on them. Now, qualified uses is the thing that's kind of broadened over time. And so you have two and four-year colleges, which everybody knows, right? Go say in a 529 for college. Um, it's tuition room and board, you know, most of the qualified or most of the required expenses for the institution. So not just tuition. Two and four-year colleges, trade schools, apprenticeships. They've added K through 12. Um, so that's another use of 529 funds. They've actually have student loans, which is you got to get really creative to figure out a scenario where you'd use a 529 for student loans. Usually, if there's like leftover, um, uh, so those are some of the uses, right? The qualified uses. And then, who can use a 529 plan? Who can set one up? You can set them up for your children, which is obviously the the kind of core audience for them. But grandparents can open them for grandchildren. Uh, we've seen when employer contributions are involved, especially you get aunts and uncles opening them up for your nieces and nephews, you can open them up for your own, say, for your own future education. Um, so pretty much anybody can save for, for anybody else for any type of education is the, is the TLDR, right? And that when you withdraw these funds, you get a little bit of boost on any earnings because you don't have to pay taxes on them. So that's kind of the gist of what a 529 plan is.
0: You know, a, a lot of people I talk to about 529s are just a little freaked out that they're going to, you know, do this big investment, ask all their friends and family to come together, build this big 529, not have qualified expenses because maybe, you know, uh, you know maybe the individual chooses not to, you know, explore any kind of educational, you know, environment, e- even as flexible as, as it has become. And then all of a sudden, hey, you know, there's $50,000 sitting in an account somewhere and I can't get access to it. And, you know, it, can, can you sort of demystify that a little bit for the audience?
1: Definitely. So if you got 50 grand sitting in an account, you've won. So good job, right? But yeah, that's the big question is what happens if um, my child, my grandchild, they get a scholarship, all of that. Um, is that money locked up? So there's, there's a, a, a lot of ways to kind of approach that question. But the big headline is these are pretty friendly accounts, pretty flexible accounts. If you get started and put money in there, you're, you're typically going to be better off than if you don't. Um, so one of the new things, Secure 2.0, that came out now and starting in 2024, if you have if plans change, right? What happens if Ruby, my daughter, doesn't go to college? I mean, she loves me a lot. She loves to hang out at the house. Maybe when she's 18, she's like, I love you so much. I want to. I'm, I'm going to stay here with you. I'd be okay with that maybe, but I got all this, I got this college fund built up. What do I do with it then? Right. So there's a new provision in secure tuning 24 that says that I can roll that over to a Roth IRA for her. Right. And then there's four pages of footnotes on that, but that's one of those things that you can, it's a new thing that I think is really positive because now it's like, what happens if, well, then you just help them start for retirement. Everybody's up for that. Right. Now there's some other things that you can do. You can transfer it to another family member. And the definition of family member is pretty broad and includes, you know, step siblings and a generation up and down and across. Um, it's it's kind of hard to find a family member that, you know, somebody that you consider family member that wouldn't allow you to transfer to this without tax implications. So you could definitely do that. Um, and then the third one is like, what happens if Ruby, in this case, wants to say with me, she doesn't want to go to college. I got this big balance set up you know, I'm stressed to the max, right? Because I had these big visions for her and she just totally threw a wrench in my plan. Maybe I just need to blow it out and go on a really big vacation. So I'm going to cash out her account and, and I'm going to go somewhere for a month or so, right? In that case, all of the money that I put in, it comes right back out. It's already been taxed. So it comes right back out. There's no penalties. There's nothing like that. Any earnings that have accrued those, if I take them out and use them on a vacation, I'll have to pay a 10% penalty on it and also increase my taxable income. So when you look at this worst case scenario, I've saved, I've built up this big balance, and now it's plans have changed and I just need to withdraw this money. The The punchline is you won't get as much earnings as you would have otherwise, but you're still way ahead. So I think that, that it's, it's again, when you, when you start, uh, when we get these great government programs like IDR and 529 and stuff like that, um, they get so complicated, they get really scary. This is one of those ones that is a very friendly, flexible thing that that uh, the fear is not really all that warranted. So
0: now, now this could be a little bit of a nuance in the provision. Is rent at mom and dad's a qualified <laughs> expense? I just want to bring this
1: thing full circle. I'll say that they do allow... Um, They do allow you to use 529 funds for living. Now you get yourself again. It doesn't have to go straight to the school, right? You get yourself a good CPA and you figure that one out. (laughs) You know that's my take right there. But um, that's the unofficial of the secure podcast. Yeah, that's right. You're not getting you're not getting me on tape putting putting my neck out on that one. So you get a good CPA and you figure it out and let me know and I'll follow your footsteps. Okay.
0: (laughs) Oh man, so. So now you have this plan. And and, and I, I think that's really important to demystify that, you know, boy, if I $50,000 put in $50,000 and now it's stuck there, can't get it out. It it really is a lot more flexible than that. I mean, and so now, now I want to kind of pivot a little bit into Savify and sort of, you know, what, what differentiates Savify from, you know, I I'm, I'm imagining there's, you know, uh, you know, a hundred places I could probably easily go online. You know, whether it's the, the record keeper or wherever that might be, to get a five twenty nine. I, I know that you've spent a lot of thoughtful time differentiating Savify in the market, and I'd love to hear what some of those innovations have been.
1: And then there's for the people that were trying to help, right? The you know, the employees, the families, things like that. Um, so for the for the family that's signing up for Savify. Our big, uh, there's two things, right? We wanna make it extremely simple. We have this phrase that bounces around the company that says, keep it Sesame Street, right? (laughs) So we definitely wanna, you know, these things are so scary on their own, but they don't have to be. Here's what you need to notice: to open up a 529 account. It's like, what's your name? Who are you saving for? What are the socials? How much do you wanna save? You get all those things right and you've won, right? So that's kind of the user experience that we provide. What we don't do is send somebody off into the wild To go through all 50 state plans, which most residents can adopt any single one of those, right? Most of them are national plans with a state name. We don't send them out there. We don't send them out to go to pick through baskets of funds and then compare returns because we know if we do that, you're not going to do anything. And if you do something, there's not a lot of people, I've never met anybody that got all the way to the end of the the, uh, the savings journey goes, I really messed up because I was in the wrong 529 plan. I've never met or heard of that person, right? I've only heard of the person that goes, whoops, I forgot to do this, right? I forgot to get started. So that's one of them is keeping it, keeping it Sesame Street for, um, for, for the actually getting started. Because once you start, once you set a monthly contribution, you've won. The second piece of it is we continue to innovate in the sources of savings. Um, cause we know that there's a, there's a lot of issues with the ROI of a degree, which we can talk about later, but really, you know, one of the barriers for people to getting started is I don't have the money to save right now. I don't feel mentally like I'm in the place to save right now. So we bring in a lot of different sources of savings. And what do those look like? It's, you know, sending out a gifting link to friends and family. So friends and family can click that link, then mow money into that account and also leave a message on a timeline, right? This is a thing that feels really good. And, you know, over a quarter of our members have engaged in that feature so far, which is when you look at other benchmarks is doing very well. You know, it's kind of topping the industry from benchmarks we've seen um, so far. The other thing we have is a merchant funded offer program. So you load your card, your credit cards, you keep getting your reward points. You also get, my my wife's family is Greek and they all love to join the party, right? They're very, they're very social family. So everybody, cousins, aunts and uncles, everybody's loading their card in there. Or are now shopping online at Target and Walmart and the major merchants that you're shopping at already or when they're in their local region shopping at restaurants and things like that, booking travel. These merchants are putting money into this account. So again, just another way that we can bring in savings. And then the third one, the one that's most impactful is when employers step up to do you know, a monthly contribution or to plug into a lifestyle spending account program or sign-on bonuses or PTO cash outs, whatever you have. So we're continuing to innovate and in how can we bring in additional sources of savings because that's the that's the way that you make the biggest impact is you if i can if i can create a world where i don't have to save a single dollar in ruby or maximus's college fund yet they go to college with no debt and i've just leveraged all these other savings resources like that's a that's a beautiful place to be in and we want to create that world so that's definitely for the families how we're innovating and differentiating on the organization side, the the thing that we hear time and again is it's very tough to implement. Let's just take an employer, which is, you know, most of the organizations we work with. It's very tough to implement a 529 plan because it's not a closed, comfortable environment. You have to send employees off to open their own 529 plan. There's really not a lot of handholding you can do for them. You know, this this. The states do, and the you know the program managers do the best job if they can. But it's it's kind of throwing people out in the wild, saying come back with a form, give it to us, let's put this in payroll, and let's make this thing like a employee benefit, right? So HR doesn't like that. It's, it's tough for them to actually talk about stuff for them to do. They sure, don't want that stack of papers on their desk like they had like they got enough stacks of papers. And so what you see is five twenty nine programs in in workplaces get negligible. Um, utilization by employees. They they don't deliver on the promise that we all go into the conversation thinking that they have. And so being able to plug into a workplace, to not have to integrate in payroll, to be able to launch in 24 hours and to not ask anything of HR of administrators, still get the program off the ground and running and get high participation um, is the other area where we specialize in organizations. So we get this program off the ground, get high utilization, and don't require anybody to adopt a new job
0: what What do you think is the secret sauce on your side to
1: getting utilization from the organization perspective? I think there there are a couple of aspects in in you know when there is an employer contribution component um that makes our job really easy It makes our job so easy so we've we've had programs where we've tried to launch it and we haven't been able to like give anybody any sort of communication collateral just the the challenge of working with with the team and getting all that passed off it just didn't happen. And we see you know utilization skyrocket. Everybody, no surprise here. If you got a bucket of uh, if you got a bucket and there's money falling into it, people get really excited about it. They talk about it. Um, so and there's a lot of ways to do that, right? There's companies that are just carving out budget for monthly contributions, and like I mentioned earlier, plugging into LSA programs is something that we've seen that's more and more popular. So that's one piece. On the other side, getting the utilization um, things like sweepstakes, so you know, it, which is a budget friendly option for employers, but once a month you carve out a thousand dollars and anybody that's set a recurring contribution they you know they go into the drawing for that that's an option that we see be really successful education savings models and also with our 529 model and then when we're stepping in to deliver the message what really helps with utilization is like is this is this understandable and exciting so we spend a lot of time talking about gifting and cashback rewards and planning dashboard and we, we, hint, we hit on the, the FAQs, like what happens if, right? We definitely hit on that FAQ, but we're not gonna give you a long dissertation to what 529 plans are. Cause at, at the end of the day, nobody really cares. I just wanna know how much do I need to save? What do I need to do to accomplish what I wanna accomplish? Leave all the back of the, you know, nobody wants to see how a hot dog is made. Just put it in the bun and put some ketchup on it. So that's <laughs> the approach we take with our communications. I, I, I
0: really like that, um, your ability to gamify the experience, because I, I think it accomplishes two things. One, it, it you have a continuous uh, level of awareness that's being built, but it also can kind of help on the expense line. If an organization is just introducing a five twenty nine, they don't have to do a you know broad match. that can get into the millions. They can control that expense line. It can be you know whatever twelve thousand bucks a year. But, but at least it's getting everybody into the pool, as it were. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And then also your ability to kind of build community uh, a, around sort of, you know, an individual, you know, that everyone wants to support, you know, in that college event, as you said, you know, we, you know, individuals are getting started in their life. And so there's a lot of community building around that. I thought what you said earlier is kind of funny. You know, no one no one wants to contribute to my 401k, but you know, a, a 529 where you're helping somebody get started in life is you can really build a community around that. I think it's it's brilliant. Can you kind of unpack a little bit for me on the merchant side? How, how does that work? I mean, and, and is that a national program that you've set up? How does that work?
1: It's a national program. Uh, we bring in a partner for it. And that's, the you know, that's a entire business in itself. People knocking on doors, setting up this agreements. Right. We don't specialize in that. We specialize in getting people to open accounts, save a lot and bring in a lot of sources. So it's a partner that we brought in and um, they've kind of gone out and aggregated. There's a lot of these um, programs that are out there. So they've gone and aggregated them, brought them on an umbrella, given us an easy plugin so we can create this unified experience. Again, we don't want to send people out to 10 different places to do a merchant funded offer. Cashback rewards is kind of more simply stated. We don't want to send them all over the place to do that. We want it to be, once one, one savvy door with everything you need after you walk through that door. Um so that's that's kind of the on the on the the blocking and tackling. That's we bring in a partner, integrate it with what we do. But it's it's really simple. It's just, you know, once you there's several ways to do it. You can install a little widget on your um on your desktop browser, your internet browser. So every time you're shopping, you're searching on Google, the search results will pop up and say, hey, by the way, there's cash here. There's cash back here. There's also when you're on a site, a little um, thing pops up on your browser that says, "Hey, there's cashback here. Do you want to shop there?"
0: And so oh, you just click,
1: yeah, you click this button, you shop like you normally would. The cashback automatically drops into your account. It's awesome. Um, and then, oh uh, yeah,
0: I like that a lot. That's slick. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. So well, it's once again, you know, it's building excitement, so I'm almost gamifying the experience. And yeah, that that's that that's my, really powerful.
1: My wife and I. Um, Couple stories like my wife and I have been to, you know, we've gone out and grabbed a burger or something and, and we swipe our card, which is another way you can do it. There's local merchants in a lot of regions all over the place. It's places that we never heard of, but we looked on the list. Let's check this place out. It's pretty good. We swipe our card, instantly get that notification on our Apple Watch, and you know, we high five each other. And we just robbed this, you know, this restaurant and they're saving for our kids' college. So it's pretty fun. And we also see, you know, our uh, Ruby's grandparents who live close by. There's a, a breakfast joint, which um, won't say the name, we'll protect the guilty here, but they're bad. Like they have some bad food. We all agree that it's bad and we don't like it, but they're there every Friday. They're buying, you know, they're buying, the grandparents are buying that breakfast. They're getting their dollar and 30 cents. And then they come, you know, brag about it all weekend to me. Like, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? You get it? So it really gets people involved and gamifies it and, and you know makes it again. We're talking about cashback rewards and gifts. And we're not talking about tax advantages, right? And we're excited about this stuff. And we're ignoring the things that stress people out, put them to sleep.
0: I can't imagine how busy you are on the organization side as because all of these employees that have, you know, to your earlier point, Jeffrey, who've normalized themselves to a a paycheck that is getting ready to be disrupted, <laughs> Uh, I, and so have you seen a significant uptick in terms of organizations looking for not 529 solutions, looking for ways of kind of decompressing just the overall student loan stress?
1: Yeah, if you look at, um, you know, the conversations that we are having, um, you know, it's up and to the right. And then it's like, you know, right. Whenever forgiveness did not go through, payments are coming back on. You know, all of a sudden, we're the we're the the um, you know we're the the shiny object, the the uh, beautiful girl at the ball is who we are. So, uh, so, so we're having these conversations, and, and it's definitely like, what are we gonna do about it? Is what employers are thinking? Because the other thing that's happening is you know, healthcare premiums have gotten out of control,
0: and the mandates
1: from top down are you have no budget. And so, what are we gonna do? We know we need to do something. And also we know that, you know, after October 1st, like it's going to be real. It's it doesn't seem real yet. It'll be real in 60 days when when all of this the you know, the the math equation, you can't you can't get around it. Um, and so employers are taking different different kind of tax with it, right? Like, do we have budget to carve out? If we do, let's think about putting one of these programs in place, right? A student loan repayment program is tax advantages. Now let's put one in place. There's not a lot of employers that have that. So They're also thinking about how can we put in a phased contribution program in place? How can we start out high so we're mitigating the shock of October 1st, phasing it out down to zero so that we're building our own on-ramp, but not committing to this program and the millions of dollars down the road, right? That's another thing. And then what we're really also seeing and recommending is take a look at the programs you have in place and what can you tap into. Um, We actually had a, a call recently with somebody that had a $400 a month food stipend, food delivery stipend, right? If you have that, you have to ask, you know, for your employees that have student debt, when this turns back on, would they rather have this or that? And if you can provide that optionality without bringing on new budget, right? If you already have an LSA program in place and you can bring a student loan platform underneath that, that's a big win um, in this environment with everything going on because it's just not... It's not, a, it's not like last year when anything and everything we could throw at it, we will. This year, you have to be thoughtful and creative. Unfortunately, there are a lot of places to go looking for um, pre-existing budget and allocate it yeah. to something that makes a big impact. And, and you're on the proactive
0: side. I mean, you're about a longitudinal solution to a systemic problem. And so I, I really hope that organizations, and I, I I've certainly had this conversation a lot more over the last six months than we've ever had, uh, you, you know, around 529 student loans and, and it, because it, it's, it's a significant stress point and, you know, and it contributes to a lot of just individual stress, which impacts productivity and all those things. So as you imagine over the next three to five years, what are some of the essential innovations uh, that need to happen in in the 529 space and maybe what what are some legislative things that you'd like to
1: see happen as well definitely so you you know in in kind of taking a look at this this full the cost of college has gotten so high you know the that there are two problems one is that like my income boost that I get from my degree goes away due to student loan payments so I'm actually kind of worse off than maybe my like cohort that didn't go to college because I got a, a stressor on my monthly payment, right? And there's also this wealth problem where the debt is so high that it takes a lot longer um, for a college degree to to be accretive to your wealth relative to your your cohort, right? And so those are big things that that's why we see these policy changes happening. That's why we saw the Section 127, where employers can now contribute up to 5250 tax-free to student loans, right? And and so that's That legislation is why we moved into that area, Um, but also the fact that like, this is such a big problem that you have to kind of use the full life cycle to uh, tackle it. So we're helping you prevent it as much as possible. We know that today you're probably still going to take on some student debt and we're gonna help you pay it off as quickly as possible. So that's, that's why we're seeing this environment where legislative changes are coming out student loans while we're just seeing the um, broadening of use cases for 529s to get rid of those objections to starting. And there actually has been um, several bills that have been um, proposed and haven't been enacted yet, but we keep seeing people pick up the torch and run with it where 529s can be treated like those student loan contributions, right? Where you can contribute employer dollars to 529s pre-tax, so you can give it to them without raising taxable wages. Today in the employer contribution programs we do to 529s, um, they gross up tax, they they uh, increase the taxable wages, right? However, it's a totally different um, type of bucket for people. They don't see it as just a little bit more income. They see it as a very meaningful contribution from their employer, very differentiated. The tax issue is a, is a non-issue right now. But um, but um, that may change one day. It may change here in the next few years to where there's now that, that that's not the case where employers can contribute to 529s. It doesn't raise taxable wages and really fits in with, with what we believe is. One, you're going to see this problem addressed in the workplace. That's, you know, when you see the very tough financial problems, retirement, healthcare, now student debt, the workplace typically steps up as the primary you know solution to those problems for most families. Um, you're going to see that. And you're also going to see that now we just. We're thinking about this holistically, where if there's not a 529 in the student loans, there's, let's call it an education financing account that addresses it from every single angle, and it's all tax advantage. That's what we would love to see, is all of this to just become one thing. In the meantime, let's get some tax advantages to employer contributions to 529. So it's been proposed, the torch is lit, it's being carried, and we hope to see that here in the next few years.
0: Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I think it was a swing and a miss with the Secure 2.0 Act. I think that could have happened with 529s. It could have also happened on the emergency savings side. Uh, So, you know, stay tuned for Secure 3.0 Act. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, well, I tell you, Jeffrey, thank you so much for taking the time to come on, uh, share your story, help demystify some of the 529. Pieces. I, I know for a lot of folks they just don't, you know, think that it's this, you know, hyper controlled environment. If I drop a dollar in there, I, I could lose it one day or, you know, it's not going to be placed in the right direction. And I, I think this has just been very educational. I think there's gonna be a lot of value taken out of this. And I think for all the human resource executives out there, I think you, you provide a lot of wisdom in terms of how do you reduce the temperature of stress financially and, 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 student loans and getting prepared for college is a big part of that. And so I, I just have, have found this conversation to be riveting and, and you, you're a, you're the leader we need right now in that space. And so I really appreciate all the efforts that you're doing. And so, and thank you so much for the time today.
1: Yeah, definitely. Appreciate being on like, like again, you know, October 1st, the day is coming, you know, there's, there's just a lot of ways for employers to help that's, that's, you yeah. know, especially if you find a, a creative partner on the student loan side, on the college savings side. A lot of things you could do, low budget, a lot of ways you can get programs off the ground 24 hours. And that's where, you know, this is a really exciting time. I think great to great to get the message out. Thanks for having me on. But a really exciting time that, you know, the creativity and the simplicity and removing friction is, is it's time to kind of shine and really solve a big problem right now. Absolutely. And, and
0: let us know how we can continue to help get this great word out. Uh, This is a big systemic challenge we have in the country right now. Uh, This caps our first season. Uh, So we've done a full season of Secure Podcast, our first season. So so you're capping off that season. Our next season, yeah, it's awesome. Our next season is going to be focused on another systemic challenge, which is financial wellness and healthcare. And, And that has its own complexity and compression points, But I think this is a perfect segue into those conversations. And once again, just thank you so much for the time spent. And I look forward to staying in touch.
1: Yeah, likewise, Charles.
0: Have a great day.